mic gets on, hit record. All right, I'm hitting record. We're, rec- uh, we're recording. The show is going. And uh, we've had a pretty banging conversation about how much certain actors suck. <laughs> Al Pacino, your days are numbered. <laughs> well, yeah, he's fucking a thousand, dude. <laughs> of course they're numbered. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> who, th- who dies first, Pacino or Pesci? Let's be real. P- Pesci's going to live forever. He's a, Little guys live forever. See, like the problem is, though, that when either of them dies, we're going to have to listen to so many fucking impressions. Yeah. Hey, hey, this is Al Pacino from hell. Hey, I'm down here with Hitler. Ooh, ah. like, <laughs> like, I'm fucking, that's going to be here's, just here's a, a question nightmare for six months. <laughs> that me and Jacob were talking about before you got on. Keanu Reeves, good actor, bad actor, or he's just the same guy at every, every role? Uh, you know, I think he's getting better at acting. Uh, he's getting like, better after 40 years he's getting better well if you go back and you watch like bill and ted he's just a fucking retarded person like, that's just the, <laughs> <laughs> like for the first 15 years of his career like Keanu was he was just playing a hot retard and then, <laughs> and now he's like older and like salt and pepper so now he's like the, the guilty retard, but he's still not, he's never been like a smart guy. He just doesn't talk a lot, so you don't realize he's stupid. Oh my god, I think it's the hardest I've ever laughed on this show. Dude, that's so true. Even in even in parenthood, he was he was like he was like Bill, but like if Bill wanted to ride motorcycles really, really bad. Like it's just he just adds he added certain wrinkles to his acting game further and further. Yeah, but what about the River's Edge? That was like a super serious movie. But he was still sort of like he was like Ted, but serious. (laughs) Yeah, who he is, dude? If you watch John Wick, it's just Ted, but he's really pissed off. (laughs) it's like this is totally not righteous, dude. I'm gonna fucking kill you. The greatest. Uh, Keanu Reeves movie of all time and the greatest line reading of all time is I am an FBI agent <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah please tell me you've seen Point Break there Jacob oh dude like I said Keanu Reeves is my favorite actor but I so think you watched the, the new Bill and Ted yes yeah. I have so good <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> it's so good, dude. <laughs> In what way? There is a... <laughs> you know what's a cinematic masterpiece? Air Bud. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> dude, it, it, it had a robot. It, it had aliens. It had Satan, I think. I don't know. I... I had Dude, you know what? You know what makes the, those movies the reason I love Bogus Journey so much is is rests on the shoulders of William Sadler. Death. Oh yeah, he's the guy that makes those movies great. A hundred percent. Well, so I, I mean, the movie was fine, but the fucking daughters. Oh my god! I wanted I to shoot them the whole part. movie. <laughs> that was the. They, they're just like it. It's what I imagine Republicans think they're doing to movies. You know, <laughs> like why they have to make Bill and Ted chicks? Why are they doing this to our fucking films, dude? 
because they were just bad. <laughs> they had no identities unique to themselves. They were just shitty yeah. parody versions of their dads. And then they were just like, oh, cool, dude, we play music and we're chicks. It's fucking, uh, sorry. Tell us how you that. really <laughs> feel about Bill and Ted 3. <laughs> no, that, that, was a, that was a good point, though, honestly. Like, now I have to rewatch Bill and Ted 3 because <laughs> I don't yeah. know anymore. But what and my, go ahead. You watch Airbud because <laughs> great film hey say Banger. what you want Airbuds had like 35 sequels so it, it, it's a money making franchise the franchise well, we... has 13 films in it and they branched off from sports dogs like six in and then they were like you know what What if we just make like we'll call it treasure buddies and it's just puppies looking for treasure <laughs> you guys like holidays <laughs> this is holiday buddies but guess what? We've also got Santa buddies because they're helping Santa. Like the last one they made was Space Buddies, and it's the last one because all of the dogs died. But How do you know <laughs> all this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not real. But, but <laughs> the Space Buddies they come back, but it's fucked up because dogs never live in space in real life, but in this movie they do. Well, they sent dogs to space. I don't know if they made it back. They don't. Oh hell yeah, they, dude! <laughs> they sure don't. It's real sad. <laughs> Well, you say that Airbud has thirty-five sequels. Like, like we didn't just find out on the show the other night that Zombie Rape has five sequels. Whoa! I didn't even know there was an original. Zombie Rape is a movie. It's, it's called Zombie Rape. Yeah. Whoa! It's, it's like Zombie Rape: The Night of Lust or some shit like that. Oh, let me like Google just Zombie Rape porno? again. No, it's a movie. Wow. Oh, oh, oh! It's called Rape Zombie: Lust of the Dead. And they made okay. five of them. And wow. get this, the sequel, Rape Zombie, Lust of the Dead 2, came out the same year that Rape <laughs> Zombie did. No, so Rape just... Zombie came out in 2012. Rape Zombie 2 came out in 2013. But 20, well, well, still, Lust, one part year, three, dude? Part 2 and 3 both came out in the same year, 2013. They had a vision. They knew what they wanted to do when they started making <laughs> Rape Zombie 1. And they were like... We can make a bunch of that. Well, what's funny is, is that it did so well that somebody that they were like, we need to make two and three at the same time because people are going to yeah. be clamoring to finish up this trilogy. And then it did so well. They're like, we need to make a fourth. And then that one did so well. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going for five, baby. That is wild. See, I can't even, I had struggling to wrap around. Zombies are dead, so they're decomposing, but they've been reanimated. How are they able to rape? Well, see, that's why we're going to have to watch this movie so and do a commentary. Like, can a zombie get a boner? Well, it depends on your definition of rape. So, well, I mean, even if so you're zombie... just going like, by the loosest definition of it, sticking, a, sticking something else in, I guess they could rape with tools, but that wouldn't be, I don't know. They have fingers. Yeah, but they only have some fingers, you know, and they're they're decaying. So if you stick a finger in there, it might le- you might leave it. You might that's run out the of risk that, That's that's the risk you always take. <laughs> if you stick something in there, it might be in there forever. <laughs> it's like the weirdest game of never have I ever. You just lost a finger. <laughs> You're like, oh, eh, I lost well, with it. that logic. Do uh, how do vampire like vampires are always like in vampire lore? They're always having sex. How do they get boners? Because there's no well, they blood have a flow. lot of they're dead. Well, maybe that's why they have to drink blood. Just like just drink an athlete real quick, and then <laughs> it'll just all go yeah. shit to the gong. Whoa! I bet 
vampire blowjobs are like pretty tempting. Because they're like, ah, I kind of want to, I want, I could just eat this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, and if it's down there, like, it would probably shoot out. That's got to be like, biting into one of those freezer pops i don't know i don't know why we went down this rabbit hole i don't know but we're like eight <laughs> minutes in and uh we haven't even introduced our guest yet <laughs> oh dude oh man Fucking rules dude <laughs> hey guys welcome to uh another episode <laughs> of open micros podcast uh my name's jacob <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna bother playing the the uh, the theme song because we're already like ten minutes in. My name is Jason Robbins. That over there, that's Jacob. We're our host, and and tell them who our guest is tonight. <laughs> so, our guest tonight, uh, you can watch his special right now for free on YouTube. It's called Sunset Strip Presents The Breakouts. Mike Eaton. It's none other than the man himself, Mike Eaton. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. So, so you take Bill and Ted pretty serious. I, I just want to say you get, just gave us the greatest opening to our our podcast ever. Just coming in hot. Yeah, just coming in smoking, man. You got it. You got it. It's, it's we're here for entertainment, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, supposedly, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know who listens to this. It's so weird when you start getting dialed into, uh, like, where listeners come from. So I ran a podcast with my buddy, uh, and we had like we did twenty episodes on our own, and then we got on a network and did another, I think, forty five. But so over the course of that year and change, we had a couple of like reels go viral and some stuff blow up and we would get listeners in like some of the weirdest fucking places. So like every now and then I just get DMs from like Sweden and and, like parts of Germany. And it's like, why do you, how do you even get what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Well, apparently a majority of our listeners are in Australia. So I don't know what we're doing to get the Aussies on our side. What up, you fucking cunts, dude? I love Aussies. Yeah, I think we have like 13% listeners in Australia, which is a ridiculous amount of people, actually, to not be in the United States. Dude, I love Australians so much. That's probably my favorite, uh, like, person to encounter, like, out at a bar. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick a flavor of human. Like Australians, like, we're about to have a good fucking time. Well, yeah, if it's at a bar, that's where they hunt. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like ninety percent of my life is bars and clubs. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. True. It's, it's like I'm not really at play, like unless I'm running into them at a restaurant, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think but, I think the most like foreign person I've ever met at a bar was a Russian lady. And her and her friend just heckled the whole fucking show. And I'm nice. like, man, I, I really hope Ukraine wins now. Like, just get yeah. the fuck out. <laughs> Dude, I love going in. I'm I'm very nice on stage. And my whole, like, just yeah. to peel back the curtain, my whole thing is that I'm really, I try to be as likable and friendly looking and sounding as possible so that I get away with saying crazy shit. Yeah. So I, I get away with so usually I build up a lot of favor with the crowd. So if someone heckles, then I get the opportunity to just be very mean to them. And boy, is that fun. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I should start doing that. Cause I, I usually go from like angry to mean, and that's not a good combination. (laughs) Well, Adam Ray, uh, 
who's a fucking just amazing comic. His crowd work is fantastic. I was doing a show with him at Native Hostel here in Austin, and he went up before me, and so I was already like, fuck, I have to follow him. Like, yeah. you know, dang. <laughs> like, oh, well, all right, let's, you know, I like challenges, let's do this. And then during his set, there was a couple in their 60s, and then a man probably in his late 20s, early 30s, sitting with them on a couch. And he made a joke, Adam made a joke that that old couple had driven there in like a fucking Hyundai or something. It it made sense at the time, but then the younger guy with them goes, is that what you do when you're bombing? You just make fun of people? And he wasn't bombing, right? <laughs> he stretches the imagination. So the whole crowd yeah. hears that and is like, what the fuck? And it was so intense and he had so much like energy behind it that Adam's response was in like, whoa, whoa, man. Hey, let's... You know, let's calm down. You know, it's okay. Like, I, hey, we're here. We're joking. We're here at comedy. We're doing fun. You know, like, I'm making a joke. Is this your parents? And then he's like, yeah. He's like, you know, they're probably having a good time tonight. And he made it so that he, when even though he was roasting them, what he was doing was the good guy part. And he made, he played very much the nice guy in the next 10 things he said and waited for that guy to keep being angry and aggressive. And then the second that that guy turned, he was just like, yeah, I'd be fucking mad too if the only people who'd take me out are my old fucking parents. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then the, the room is just like, oh! <laughs> yeah. But it was a masterclass just in the moment because it was like the energy in the room had changed so much and had gotten so hostile. And he just pulled it all in and let the guy dig himself his own grave. And then once it was there, he just put the fucking tombstone on it and ended his set. And it was just like, man, cool. And then I got to go up you know, right after and it was a fun juxtaposition but uh like i just learned so much from watching him do that that you know now with crowd work i th there's very much a sense of what is the energy going on in the room right now are they on my side and these people are out of turn heckling me or are they against me and these people that are heckling me if i return fire like is it do i need to acknowledge what they're saying or do i need to fire back you know and it's uh, understanding like that moment is interesting I think. <laughs> yeah, so Jay's go Jacob had a uh, an incident <laughs> recently yeah. that he got uh, attacked on stage <laughs> uh, by some hell yeah very angry people. Yeah, What'd you do? So it was a whole story. Uh, the last episode we released, I explained it, but basically, there's this table of people. I was the headliner, by the way, but I'm headlining after an open mic, so I have a paid headlining spot. There's open mic comics on beforehand and there's like five comics and a host that's on. So they know that comedy's happening. Like they're not fucking surprised that we're mm -hmm. trying to do comedy right now. And there's this old lady at this table who was saying some like really racist shit to the one black comic that was there. Who's a friend of mine. And I, I wasn't into that at all. And they're being rude and horrible and all that shit. But I still tried to do crowd work with them to like get them to laugh and get on my side. And then they started doing the shit to me. So I said that their grandmama definitely sucked a mean dick back in the day. Yeah, of and course. And then somebody attacked me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good move in the South, though. If you insult people's grandparents or mothers, it's a really easy way um, to just make them angry. I haven't had anybody uh, get up on stage. I'm a bigger guy. Uh, me too. <laughs> so is Jacob. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it, it usually doesn't come up. But also the thing in Texas is like, uh, especially, you know, everybody has a gun. You know, so yeah, it's like, right. you, know, so you kind of, 
pause when you're thinking like, should I assault this person? It's like, oh, you'll just get shot. <laughs> right? right. But I yeah, did dude. do. Oh, go ahead. No, it's not important. I'm here all <laughs> week. <laughs> I did a I did a variety show here. We have these cool guys, Sunset. They're actually the ones that produced my special, but they run another thing called Austin Live, where they let comics do like other talents. Mm-hmm. So like we have a guy that's like a classically trained opera singer. So he sings opera but does like crowd work with it. It's very funny. So it's a cool show. I right after the whole Will Smith Chris Rock incident uh, was like, oh, I'll do a funny bit where I'll tell my most offensive jokes with a blindfold on and let people from the audience come and slap me. (laughs) (laughs) See how that goes. And first off, I just want to acknowledge up front, I'm retarded. So that's, (laughs) that's important to keep in mind with everything I say. Like, I'm an idiot. So I, I trusted that, like, audience members would be like, oh, this will be funny. I won't try and injure this person. So I have on a blindfold. It's actually like a sleep mask. And I'm telling this joke. And I, what I thought was going to happen is the guys that were helping run the show were going to have people go line up on the side of the stage and then send them up. Well, this drunk dude hops up on stage, gets right next to me, and then waits for a second, and then just full-on swings as hard as he can. But it's open hand, but it just into my chin like it was a lot <laughs> and like it was yeah. definitely not like in the spirit of fun it was just like a dude trying to see if he could knock me out and i was like whoa and thankfully my buddy that was there is like a fighter so i was like hey my friend will beat you up also i have a gun i'll just shoot you you know that like yeah, i can right. i can take the blindfold off like where are, can we go back to having fun you fucking assholes uh and the next few people that did it were like women that were funny and they slapped hard but they didn't they weren't mean about it. And it was like the spirit of the, the joke, but uh, that dude, it was so wild. And after I, I post a video about it and I talked about it, a bunch of people were like, you know, that's kind of how Houdini died. Like he let a <laughs> fucking yeah. volunteer come and punch him in the stomach and he wasn't ready. And it fucking broke a rib and he like choked on a key or something. <laughs> it's like, man, wouldn't it have sucked if I just like got knocked unconscious and then was retarded really and couldn't do comedy anymore. <laughs> Yeah, like, or oh. or did comedy better? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a risk you're willing to take? Uh, if we can get some numbers, <laughs> I'm into calculated risk. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. How, how much money would it take for you to go downs? Oh, man. So I don't know that I can handle being full downs because I've read some horror stories of people that were uh, paralyzed either from like fighting or accidents where they can, they have memories of being fully functional and capable. And so I think if you just wanted me to act downs, whatever, we'll figure out a number. I'll do it for a while. That's funny. But if, if you wanted me to actually add a chromosome in there, like eugenics or something, then I don't know that I could do it. New Genix Total T, that's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jason, you need to get some of that, dude. You'll you'll sprout some more cabbage patches on top of that uh, silky white dome you got there. <laughs> I don't think, you know what, honestly, if I could grow hair, I don't think I would. I think I would still shave my head, even if I could grow hair. Real quick? Yeah? You're a fucking liar. Let's go to the yeah. next question. <laughs> dude, have you ever, have you ever felt a cold pillow? On a freshly shaved head. Uh, no, obviously I have it because I'm I'm young and it's 
it's a, it's trouble. Like my problem is too much hair, Jason. See, I don't like oh. the feeling of having like you know like if you don't wash your hair for a few days and like it's all then greasy. wash your hair, you filthy fuck. I just don't like feeling greasy. <laughs> you're not supposed to wash then your you hair are. every day. Yes, you are. No, you're dude, not. That's a myth. You're not supposed to shampoo it every day. Hey, it'll, if that's it'll if you're a part chick. Of your hair. That's if you're a well, chick. If you're a dude, wash your fucking hair, bro. <laughs> so I use uh, like shampoo and conditioner. I shampoo it like probably four days a week and I condition like three or four. Uh, but I also just rinse off every night because it's fucking Texas. Yeah. And yeah, it's a right. hundred degrees all goddamn day. And then Jake. on stage at the fucking bars and like the clubs here, it's like, you know, they have air conditioning, but you pack 200 people in there. It's fucking 82 degrees inside. I'm fat. I drink. I'm performing. I sweat, dog. <laughs> like, I sweat. <laughs> Jacob uses yeah, dish, show, dish soap. <laughs> I don't use dish soap, dude. I, I Sponsored do. by Don. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had Don as a sponsor. They'd just send us an oily duck in a yeah, box. Yeah, say you're wash. like, it's good enough for an oily duck. It's good enough for me. <laughs> Oily Duck was the name of my punk band in high school, believe it or not. Hell yeah. What's uh, uh what was it like to open for Louis CK, Mike? Spill the beans. Dude, that was fucking uh just a wild night. So I had reached out to the owner of the club. So I'm friends with both of the owners of the Creek in the Cave where that show happened, and I reached out asking if I could work like bar back or just do something to help around the club so I could watch. Because I didn't even know he was coming. Like, I've been focusing on, like, a bunch of, like, getting the special edited and done. So I've been kind of wrapped up in that and just doing shows. And I didn't even notice that he was coming here. And it was kind of a last-minute thing. He was doing Rogan with Joe List to promote his movie. Mm. So he pops in to do a couple. He did four shows or three shows at Creek. And I asked to do that. And she responded, I'll make sure you're there. And then uh, one night I went and I was going to do a show there and I walk in and she pulls me and the girl who featured into the office. And I thought we were in trouble because uh, like the week before that, I uh, was drinking at a veterans benefit there and we were playing with sock and boppers. And one of the bartenders gave me a black eye <laughs> and I, I told the story on stage a couple of times and I had a clip of it that was doing well. So I was like, oh, maybe she didn't want me to mention the name of the club or wanted to make sure I wasn't like saying anything for liability reasons. And so I'm trying to figure out, like, fuck, how much trouble am I in? And she's like, hey, do you guys want to open for Louie? And I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, that's dope. So day of, uh, I get there like 45 minutes before the show and I'm sitting in the green room just nervous as shit. Uh, smoked a bunch of weed, so I'm super... Also, uh, for legal purposes, I'm not drinking alcohol or smoking weed, but whatever. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm technically on probation, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so, um, I, that's a longer story. But I, uh, so I'm sitting there in the green room, and then Ariel Isaac Norman, who's the feature, shows up, and then they brought in like a charcuterie board. So I'm like, don't be a fat fuck and start eating the food. So that's like literally all I'm thinking. Uh, and then Louis shows up, and he walks in. He's very nice. And he introduces himself, and then he asks how long we've been doing it. And then uh, we're kind of talking, just small talk. He's asking questions. He was um, pretty reserved, uh, 
but it's just so wild to hear his voice in person yeah uh like that because it's like i've listened to so many hundreds of hours of him that it was just like fucking why is he, he's talking to me what the fuck and he asks ariel he says hey uh you, you, what do you do for a day job she says i'm working on editing my sister's book it's about lesbian mermaids and <laughs> it and you know it's like whatever and, and so i i try to make a joke i'm like man that's got to be one stinky pussy you know <laughs> i thought you know, that's funny. They're, they're mermaids they're, you know they're fish ladies yeah, i don't know and and i thought it'd be funny and louis like well not necessarily <laughs> i'm like fuck i'm just like bombing <laughs> in front of louis this sucks and, and then we we start to discuss like well, where would a mermaid's pussy even be and i'm like well i think fish have like cloacas i don't know like you wear the whole would it be like on the front like where like a, a chick is or is it like a because they're half fish, right? And as we're discussing this, the door to the green room opens and Tony Hinchcliffe, Joe Rogan, and then two guys that had done Joe Rogan's podcast that day walk in. So I'm like, what the fucking what? <laughs> so I've met Tony Hinchcliffe a few times and uh, gotten to do some, uh, gotten to do his podcast a couple times and had fun. So <clears throat> I'm like, hey, Tony, good to see you. And then I meet Joe and I'm like, holy shit nice to meet you and then meet the other guys we all sit down and after like a second of settling in uh there's like a pause and then louie looks over at joe and goes joe where do you think a mermaid's pussy would be <laughs> <laughs> and then joe's like well the girl fish lay the eggs and then the male fish like go and lay the sperm on top of the egg so i don't think fish even technically have like a fuck hole so there wouldn't even be like a pussy technically and then one of the other guys is like nah Mermaids definitely have pussies, <laughs> and <laughs> so, so like that's just like the the like what we're arguing, and then uh, they came out and they're like, "All right, we're ready to start the show." So, so like I'm like, man, it's it was really nice to see that like even at that level, like green room conversations are just retarded. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So I go up and I open the show, and it goes pretty well. Honestly, not like my best set, but I, I was nervous as shit. I was just like, man, I hope this goes great. Uh, it was like a seven and a half out of 10. It was fine. And then uh, Ariel does great. And Louie's like listening to her set. It was cool to see him like listen and, you know, see how that yeah. was going. And then uh, he goes back and he's talking with all of them and they're talking like business stuff, uh, like numbers about like shows they're doing in the future and different venues. And so I'm like, I don't really want to, you know, make them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, like I don't, yeah. I don't have any place in that conversation. So I just went and stood like right by the curtain to the stage and just listened to Ariel. Uh, and then, you know, I get to bring Louie up and then everybody leaves the green room to go watch him. But the Creek is beyond sold out. So there's 200 plus people in there and there's no standing room. Like there's literally nowhere I can go to watch it. So I pulled up a stool into the room, like between the green room and the stage and just sat there by myself getting to listen to him for like an hour. Uh, which was just a fucking unreal cool experience. Um, so after the first show, he's talking with us a little bit in the green room um, and he's you know asking questions and being really nice. And uh, then at one point uh, he told me, he was like, Hey, you know, um, make sure you keep doing clubs. You know, you, you, I've been doing arenas and I've just been doing this in arenas. So it's, you know, it's important that you do clubs because they keep you honest and you can tell what's funny there. 
And I was like, oh, that's good advice. But I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh, man, I was just going to keep doing arenas. (laughs) 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 And, like, I think it clicked for him. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, you know. (laughs) But it was just cool to see the way that he looked at comedy. It was like, if you just keep doing it, you'll be at an arena level. Um, So, I mean, he was really cool and very funny. And he stayed around after the show for about an hour and chatted with us and told us some behind the scenes. I don't want to spoil any of his material, but he was explaining some stuff that he wanted to put into it that he hasn't yet. Some stuff that he took out, but wishes that he could say. And uh, it was just really cool to hear him talk about and break down bits behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, And I, I I was, I was, he's to me, I think he's the goat and I, you know, it brings up an interesting discussion so for me, it was always tied kind of like for what's going on between Dave Chappelle and Louie. And then, you know, Dave releases all of these fucking specials on Netflix and like Equanimity and Bird Revelation are groundbreaking comedy where he's, you know, bordering into that philosophical storytelling mode, but it's still humor and like humor is the base of it. And then by the time he's gotten to the closer, I have so much anticipation for this guy that now even jokingly refers to himself as the GOAT to just come a closer. It's your best fucking joke. And then the, I thought the special was okay. Like Shane Gillis, special last year was 10 times funnier than that, yeah. that special from Dave to me. So it's like, <clears throat> then I look at Louie and sincerely and sorry, were both incredible. They were hilarious from start to finish. Just jokes, no preachy bullshit. He, you know, peels back behind the scenes with a little bit of the fucking scandal and his canceling and all of that. But like, it's almost, I think it, it, for a consumer standpoint or just a fan of comedy, it's almost better that he got canceled because he still had the chip on his shoulder and wasn't, you know, just doing sold out arenas. You know, he had to go and take some time off and be humble and do these smaller places. Uh, And it made him like really have to fucking stay sharp. You know, he didn't get to just rest in that fucking goat zone. And I, so now I think it's, it's a little easier for me to say that he's like the best comic. Yeah. That's awesome that he's actually like as genuine as he seems. Cause I've, I've definitely opened for a few headliners who like, I go up there and I try my best to fucking crush it and I kill the crowd. And then I come back to the green room and they're sitting there with headphones in. They're just like, Oh, how did you do? Like, there's no <laughs> worse feeling than him just yeah. being like, how's the crowd? Okay, cool. And then go do like the most mediocre hour you've ever seen. We can name names later. <laughs> Dude, I like to to brag on the people that do like a great job. Uh, I got to uh, host for Michael Yo recently, yeah. and Tone Bell was featuring. And Tone has recently moved to Austin, so I had gotten to feature for him at the Creek, and you know, getting to work with these people that have a lot more experience and a lot more credits is really it's cool to see. I'm only four years in. But for those four wow. years, I've been like really fucking hustling. Like I go out every single night. You know, I've got a show tonight. I got I'm driving up to Dallas to do one tomorrow. I got two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday. Like I, I grind and I, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So it's, you know, I like to look at what I can learn and grow from and seeing people like them that like during, uh, Michael's weekend, he was watching not only my set, but tone set. And then was asking us about, he had new stuff and he was like, Hey, I'm going to start with this new stuff. Do you guys have tags or notes or anything? Hmm. And then getting to watch, you know, tone, give him notes and tags. And then like, you know, Mike, you can give me stuff too. 
And it's like, just to hear that level of humility from a headliner, like that's just fucking so cool, man. Like that's, there's some really fucking cool people in this business. And like, yeah, there's a lot of fucking dickheads and there's a lot of retards in this for the wrong reason, but there's some really fucking dope people that are like, yeah, let's all crush, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. See, I would love to actually be, I wish I was, I'd lived in the Austin area because it seems like Austin's the place to be for comedy yeah. these days. Yeah, we're both five years in and we're we're not <laughs> opening for Louie because we can't get up every fucking night. Yeah. <laughs> There's just no possible way. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's cool here too because of it being like an epicenter right now. So I started comedy in 2018 in Austin. I did it here for six months. And I would do op- I would do open mics every day, and the- even back then there were open mics every single day. Yeah. And I had a job where I would have to travel for work, so I would be in Houston and San Antonio sometimes. So when I was there, I'd go do their mics, and if I did well, you know, they'd put me on a show, and then I'd go back to Austin, and I couldn't get booked to save my fucking life. And I got an opportunity to take a job in LA, so I gave away like eighty percent of my belongings to comics in Austin. And then put the rest of my shit in an Ultima and just drove to LA and lived out there for two years. And then when the pandemic happened and everything shut down, LA fucking sucked. So I moved back to Austin and it's just been like fucking perfect. So I know people from, and they all come visit here and like the LA people come in and Denver people come in and New York and Chicago. And it's like literally just a matter of getting to these people's cities to go do other shows now. You know, like Austin is like uh, someone... Uh, like said, Austin is like the new Paris. You know, you just you run into people here on the streets. That's fucking awesome. wild. Yeah, man. Sounds like the place oh. we need to move to, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I fucking wish, bro. I just put it all in like a. What do they call that thing? It's like the just the bag of shit with like the on the hobo stick. A yeah, bin, a bindle. Yeah, I, it kills me that you know what that's fucking called. <laughs> <laughs> But I should just get a bindle and go out to Austin. Well, I just saw something today. Uh, the average price of a one bedroom in Austin was $1,534. Jesus. Yeah. That's and the average price of a three bedroom is 2300 Yeah, that's fucking insane, dude. God. So even if you're getting roommates and you got a three bedroom house, so like I live in a three bedroom house, I've got two roommates. We have one bathroom, which is a fucking nightmare. But I'm 15 minutes north of town, and I'm still paying like 800 a month. You know, God but it's damn, also dude. like, you know, I, I. That's the other nice thing though is Austin's not that big, like physically. Mm-hmm. So like you know, compared to LA, I was living 37 miles from West Hollywood. So going to the store was a fucking. That was you know that was what I did for the night, and then you get home at four from driving back. But now it's like, you know, you get done at 2.33, be home at 3.30 because it's only, the whole town is only 13 miles from top to bottom. Wow. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's also going to be like a bubble here too because, uh, so there used to be one main comedy club, Cap City, and mm-hmm. uh, they, that's where all the big headliners went through unless they were big enough to sell out like the theaters. But then they shut down in the pandemic and then, uh, Big Laugh Comedy comes in and is doing all this awesome stuff at Vulcan with Rogan and Hinchcliffe and all these people. And then they're booking all these shows there. And then the Creek in the Cave moves from New York and opens up downtown. And then there's another venue for a while that the Sunset Strip guys were running that was downtown. And then Velveeta Room came back. And then there's, you know, like eight other venues 
doing shows on a regular basis that are all within like three or four blocks of each other. Mm-hmm. And then Rogan is opening his club, you know, TBD on the date, but uh, like it won't be this year, probably be next year. Uh, but that's going to be two doors down from where he's performing right now. And that's still like a very popular venue and they can sell out both of those in a night for different, you know, competing headliners and cap city just reopened in the domain, which is about 15 minutes North of town. So there's only about, I don't know, a hundred comics that are good enough to do 10 to 15 minutes. Well, on a regular basis here. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to get cycled through with how many shows there are. So like, it's good that we have people visiting. Um, but like not all of that is going to be sustainable unless we have like a lot of people visiting regularly or like a, another influx of like high level talent. Cause that's the thing is that there's a shit ton of people in Austin right now that are doing comedy that are people that started during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. because of how many places are doing comedy, they're a year in and they're doing four or five shows a week, but they only have a good four minutes. You know, right. and so like, yeah. there's, and then, you know, there's, there's a lot happening. Um, so I, there's a bubble and I don't know when it's going to burst, but it's, it's growing well, uh, quickly Austin's right now. only about six hours from here. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very, yeah, we should take it. a trip with a good 10 minutes and go. That's what him. I was going to say. I mean, if, 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 if we, me and Jacob could uh, find some places to, to play, we could come up for a good, you know, three, four day weekend and, and hit a couple of spots. Yeah, I mean, like I, I can tell you, like uh, there, there's a lot of great shows here, and I, um, I mean, I'll DM you guys and send you all the people that book the stuff. Because oh, um, yeah. it, it's there's so much uh, like good comedy happening here. I mean, it every night of the week there's something super fun. I'm going up to a city called Round Rock. It's about 15 minutes north of where I am, so about 30 north of downtown. But there will be 115 people at a bar show, mm. uh, nice. and be super fucking fun and like dude tonight downtown holy shit i'm gonna pull this up so if my camera stops uh forgive me but this is the lineup they just announced for tonight's show at vulcans the rogan show Mm. so it is uh hans kim and then eddie bravo and then david lucas and then brian simpson no way and and then ari shafir Jesus. And then Shane Gillis. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude. And then Tony Hinchcliffe and then Joe Rogan. Jesus. How is that not the best comedy show you can possibly book? <laughs> yeah, right? And like uh so I don't think this is too big of a spoiler but so when the whole Tony canceling thing happened, uh they had to move the Kill Tony location and then they started uh filming on a two week delay. So while yeah. they come out on Mondays they they they're live and they're premiering live that's two weeks after it happened. So this past Monday, the episode they recorded, the guests were Shane Gillis, Mark Normand, and Ari Shafir. And they had just gotten done doing a five or six hour Rogan episode where they got fucking blackout. So they're all hammered drunk. And then halfway through the episode, Joe Rogan shows up drunk as fuck. So now you've got the four of them on stage, you know, just (laughs) roasting open micers. It was unreal. cool. But so, I mean, it's just like stuff like that happening here. It feels like when I lived in LA and you go to the comedy store and you'd see all these legends. I mean, it's just like, those are the biggest names in fucking comedy. I mean, outside of adding Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura, like what right. more could you ask for in a fucking lineup right now? 
Yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, those are the four guys that protect our parks crew. Like that's, yeah. I mean, the best, I guess, quadro in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you call that. For sure. But uh, man, your special was fucking hilarious, dude. Uh, I got a chance to watch it. I thoroughly enjoyed oh, yeah, it. Thank you. I think it's the best 30 minute special I've seen on YouTube so far. Fuck so, yeah, man. Thank you. Absolutely, dude. So I was very interested in having you on because I think that you're somebody who's going to have the Comedy Central credits and the Netflix credits in the future. I think you're going to be somebody. And I Fuck think yeah, it's going to be you. very soon. And uh, tell everyone where they can get your special at right now. Yeah, just on my YouTube page, Mike Eaton, E-A-T-O-N is my last name, Eat On. It's just directions to get fat, dude. It's, it's nice. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it's there. And then I'm Mike is Eaton on all the social media shit. Uh, do you have a Twitter? Because I tried to look you up on Twitter and I couldn't find it. Is oh, it? I do. I, fuck, I think it might still be. Uh, so I was, <laughs> this is a dump. It's the T-H-E Mike Eaton. So that was my Instagram and everything. And then one night I was just fucking drunk as shit at a fucking open mic. And we were joking and you know, there's the Mike Will made it. And at the beginning of some rap songs, I'm like, Mike Will made it. We were joking that it was like, Mike Will eat it. And so <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's a cooler Instagram handle. And so I tried to change it to Mike Will eat it. But I was drunk and I misspelled it. <laughs> so then I just have this gobbledygook fucking misspelled username. And I try to change it back to the Mike Eaton. And it says the username is taken. So I'm like, nice. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so, so then I'm like, what do I do? And then I was like, Mike Eaton comedy. And I was like, that's fucking lame. Everybody's just fucking their name in comedy. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> shit. And, and then I ended up settling on Mike is Eaton. And I, I don't even know, if, but it, the Mike Eaton is my uh, Twitter thing and my old name on there is Giggle Boy. Um, yeah, I've I, had like I two good tweets it. ever. Yeah, it's the Mike, <laughs> the Mike Eaton, uh, at the Mike Eaton, and it's, a, it's Giggle Boy. So if you want to follow him on Twitter, that's where he's at. And got the yeah, link tree I, there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys should definitely come visit Austin, come do some shows, have some fun. Oh yeah, dude. I think we'll try to plan that for sometime in the fall. We'll take like a four day weekend and and take a trip up, see what we can do. Because we definitely gotta, uh, we when you're get planning the fuck your out weekends, of here. So. <laughs> I would also uh, like look and make sure it's not if you're doing October, you don't want to come during Altercation Fest because there will be two hundred out of town comics here. Okay. Oh so, like, no. Yeah, so take take a look on your weekends and see what the big yeah. things are going on. Uh, big Laugh Comedy has their schedule posted out several months in advance, and like JFL Moon Tower is the big festival here. So, uh, like you know, there, there, and then there's you know all the other big stuff that happens. But like it's it's a good place. Come visit. It's it's happening. And more than anything, like dude, it's just a fucking fun place to do comedy. Going and getting to do a show in front of 150 people fucking rips. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I think the most I've ever done before is I performed for a sold-out crowd of probably about 200 people when I opened for Mick Foley. And it was like the most surreal thing, hearing 200 people laugh at one thing. It's like, it's yeah. louder than you think it could ever be. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. I got to do uh, Jonathan Kite. I've gotten to tour with a little bit, and he's fucking awesome. Um, 
he, he's just like a really great headliner to work with. And we did hyenas in Dallas and Fort Worth and the Fort Worth room seats like 300. Yeah. And, uh, they had a couple people standing around the back and it was just like it, I had, it was also the first time. So I'm from the Fort Worth area and that was my first time going back to anywhere. Like it wasn't just a bar show there. So I had probably 30 people that came out to see me. So that was nice. And, I had just like one of my best sets ever and just fucking destroyed. It was like, Oh my God, like hearing 300 people like that. It's, it's, you can't even describe it because the, it's just exponential, you know, the more you get, but dude, that, so that (laughs) I leave, I have a joke. It's in the special about doing Xanax and, you know, getting into some trouble with it. So I leave and behind the main room at Hyenas Fort Worth, there's a place called the red room and it's a 60 seat little, side room to do smaller shows and there's a show going on in there but i have to walk through there to get to the bathroom and i walk into the bathroom and i see three black dudes and one white dude and they're talking and like shooting it up and then turns out they're at the show and they're like oh it's that xanax motherfucker the white (laughs) dude says the n-word to the black guys soft a but says it like he like malibu's most wanted style to them and I'm like, oh, are they going to hit him now? Like, this is cool. And they were just cool with it. And they, like, dapped up. And they offering me drugs. And then I was like, I can't believe you guys didn't beat him up for saying that. Is he, like, the plug? And then it turned out he was the plug. And that's why they were cool with it. <laughs> nice, dude. But, but so we're in a bathroom laughing super fucking loud. And then I open the door to leave. And all 60 people and the comic on stage are staring at us. Because <laughs> they fucking heard everything oh my <laughs> and the God. comic goes so which one of y'all is the white guy saying the n-word <laughs> <I was like, laughs> fucking not me <laughs> that's awesome that's yeah. fucking hilarious dude oh man but, uh, it has been it, it, we got to start wrapping this thing up man it has been an yeah, yeah. absolute pleasure having you on the show we got to have you back on again soon fuck yeah man well thank you guys so much for having me this was a blast yeah man yeah Thanks for coming on, dude. We will put the special link in the bio so you guys don't have to go look for it. Just click the link in the bio and that'll take you straight to Mike Eaton's YouTube. Go give him a subscribe while you're over there. And uh, thank you guys for being patrons. I think yeah. this is going to be our patron episode. And if you want to email us, email, email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com, at openmikers, Twitter, and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that's just about it. And if you want to keep the show going, as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash ompodcast. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you. All right, guys. I appreciate you.